thank you for the fellowship that we have. We have um, twice as much as is needed for a heavenly quorum. You said with two or three, we have four, so five. So, um, so we thank you for your presence with us. And um, we believe that you will do things this morning to advance your kingdom in our hearts and to equip us to, um, to advance it uh, outside of these walls. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so, um, so I was telling, uh, telling Mark that um, I, I thought I might just spend a little time sharing how the Lord um, led me into sharing the gospel and doing discipleship with people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And um, the message I plan to give in a little bit is along the same lines. It's from Luke 14. It's a, it's a, um, it's a divine application of the Great Commission where Jesus tells us that as we're going, make a point to invite those who are disabled, disadvantaged um, to, to the, the wedding supper of the Lamb. Um, so so this, the story is just that about nine years ago, um, I was going door to door, and there was a woman who was very heavy, and she had recruited a young man to fetch cigarettes for her. And I guess she would give him a little something for his trouble. And so he was in the middle of that, and, and I began speaking to him. Didn't realize at the time that he was developmentally disabled and also had a psych psychiatric issue. Um, was a little bit clueless. I started sharing the gospel, and then uh, another young woman came up, and by the way she spoke to him, I could tell that she was assuming that he had some difficulties. Well, I began a Bible study with this fellow, and it was interesting due to his psychiatric issues. But um, but a woman began to attend the study, and it became clear rather quickly that she was a believer. She'd been in this group home for people with developmental disabilities for I don't know how many years, had been had believed in Jesus Christ likely for decades but had been cut off from any fellowship with, with the Church of Jesus. And so I would go and do these Bible, Bible studies. I used a Bible story book for children, and then we went through the Gospel of Mark, and we did different things. Well, the, the fellow that I originally had the study with, he, um, he had to move on for behavioral issues. But Elizabeth, the woman... She became the hostess now for the Bible study. She had a very gregarious, uh, cheerful personality. And so it wasn't long before the, the Bible study wasn't just with her, but it was with the entire group home. Um, two, three, four more people. Um, one of those people was, was a woman named Connie. Uh, Connie had, had heard of the Lord. But, but things were not crystal clear for her. Well, shared the gospel, and over time, I think there were there were changes in Connie. I remember there was a rift 
between some of the people in the group home. And one of the things that um, has just been such a blessing with associating with them is that they, some of them, they'll, they'll hold a grudge for, for about three minutes max, you know, so, somewhere between thirty seconds and three minutes, and then, and then it, and things blow over. Uh, you know, those are the kind of people you you just want to rub shoulders with and hope that it's contagious. Um, but there was a rift, and Connie said, "Tim, I want to go with you, and I want to help to sort this thing out." Um, there, there was something going on in her life. She, she was uh, an independent-minded woman. She had a disability, but she was determined that she wanted to get a job outside the organization. Uh, so you got, she had a job um, with uh, Amazon for a while. She was also determined that she wanted to go to church and she wanted to get baptized. And so she came to church. She was baptized. Uh, but it was it was very shortly after that she discovered that she had cancer, and um, within a year or so, she had she had passed on. She'd gone to be with Jesus. Um, just last month, um, Elizabeth, the woman who initially hosted the Bible study, um, she also joined the church, and um, and nobody. I don't think anybody got out of church without a big hug. And what church is that? It's called Bethlehem Church in Glasgow. Connie did uh, about five years ago, and Elizabeth just did last year. Yeah. And so, um, um, but the atmosphere in the church shifted as Elizabeth became a member. She she brought a joy. Uh, you know, a, a bubbliness and excitement, um, and and those two ladies taught me that um, that working with people with these disabilities it's like it's like mining for mining for gold. It's like mining for rubies. Um, there is treasure there to be discovered um, that the church benefits from. Um, I have here a little workbook that's put out by by uh, Bethesda Disability Ministry. That's a subsidiary of See Jesus, which is run by Paul Miller. His wife, Jill, uh, writes this curriculum. They together have a daughter, Kim, who is about just a little younger than me um, and has a disability similar to Down syndrome. Um, So Paul is Jack's son, of course. Um, so, So Jill has taken... Jack's, um, or I'm sorry, Paul's material uh, for his Person of Jesus Bible studies and adapted it for people with disabilities. Not, not um, what she's done is she she hasn't she's she's distilled it without detracting from the message. It's it's really powerful and insightful material. Um, so, uh, so, so I'd like to share a little bit how I got in touch with Bethesda. Um, so, through this Bible study in Glasper, New Jersey, um, I came to realize there, there's a real need here. There's, there are believers like, um, like Elizabeth that have been um, isolated from the people of God for, for years or decades. 
And there's people like like Connie who may have heard somewhere along the line, but it's it's not clear to them, you know, who Jesus is, and and they they need to hear the gospel. But um, it's it's really um a massive field of opportunity right in our backyard, but somewhat invisible because these group homes, they, they look like any other home. And so unless you know somebody on the inside, it doesn't occur to you to, to, to go looking necessarily. So, but because of this providential, you know, um, encounter, the Lord began to open my eyes to see, you know, this is, you know, Johnny Erickson Tata said those with disabilities are the largest unreached people group or underreached people group in the world. Uh, and those with intellectual disabilities are a very sizable portion of that. So I started to pray about that. And, um, and the Lord answered those prayers by bringing me in touch with a woman who works for Bethesda Disability Ministry. I was having an online prayer meeting and um, she attended and after one of those prayer meetings, she just said, Hey, Tim, how about tomorrow when you have your Bible study, I just come and I do one of these Bethesda studies. You know, I was, I was going through some book of the Bible. I thought I was doing fine. Um, and, I, you know, people did understand some things. But she came and did this study. And the people, that they opened up to her like they never had to me in a single study. And she said, Tim, it's, it's not me. The secret's in, in the curriculum. You know, Jill Miller has agonized in prayer for her daughter for years. So you, you, and she also has a degree in special ed. But, but the essential thing is she's, she's agonized in prayer for her daughter for years. She, she wrote this curriculum really just for her daughter. And she took it and she said, Lord, here's my five loaves and two fish. I, this is for my daughter. Whatever else you want to do with it is up to you. Um, well, I was sold. The next week I was using their curriculum. And, um, and interestingly, shortly after that, I, the, the providence of this is kind of interesting to trace. So I'll just take a moment and trace it. There was a lady from that original Bible study who had to move out because she had some physical issues. She had arthritis. She couldn't move around as well. So they, they categorize people in these group homes according to similarity. So, so Joanna had to move to a group home for people that needed more assistance physically. But she said she wanted me to continue the Bible study. But in order to do that, I had to contact her guardian, her brother. So I did that, had a pleasant interaction with him. Well, unbeknownst to me, he contacts one of the higher-ups in the organization. Now, mind you, I had gone to the higher-ups in the organization years before, knocked on their front door and said, hey, can I get into some of these other places? They said, no, no, sir. Well, he, he contacted them and he said, hey, there's this guy, he's doing a Bible study. Can he, can he go to your annual health fair, set up a booth, and represent spiritual health care? They said, sure. So they came to me and recruited me to represent spiritual health care at their annual fair, which I did last year. At that, at that um, health fair, I contacted two people. One was a Muslim woman who helped to run a, a group home. She said, sure, come to my group home. Another was a woman who 
helped she had been helping to run a day program with so this is where residents will go during the day group home is where they go as their residents in the evening so a day program might have anywhere from 12 to 20 individuals so there's a lady that was running one program and was transitioning to another said tim i'll get you into one i'll give you contact for the other and then in time she helped me get into two more all from that that initial contact from the brother who said there's a fellow who can come to your to your health fair um so 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 at present i'm going to about four of these day programs two group homes a student of mine is going to joanna's group home where there's two ladies she's a young woman and um, and the, the Lord's open doors, but it's it's really just a beachhead. It's really just the the tip of the iceberg. There's tremendous need, um, and I would imagine that there's need in in Upper Darby. So I wanted to the 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 reason I'm sharing this is just to to put this on your radar. It wasn't on my radar, and it wouldn't have been unless the Lord had you know arranged those those circumstances for me. Um, so, uh, so what I want to do before I maybe just leave a couple minutes for any any of your questions is um, just suggest a, a few ways that that you might consider praying about potential opportunities in this area. First, um, I suggest you pray that the Lord bring down strongholds in this area. You, we we see in Scripture that. Um, Unclean spirits tend to prey on the weak, on children, um, on those with some kind of infirmity, maybe causing the infirmity, um, those in remote places. They, they tend to prey on the weak. And more than one believer who has worked in this field has suggested to me, you know, Tim, there, there may well be a spiritual stronghold here. Um, and Scripture says that the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. So it's, it's not simply a matter of just making a call or knocking on a door. Although um, those things are involved, but, but it's a matter of strongholds need to be torn down. Um, so I, I suggest simply praying that the Lord would bring down strongholds um, around people with these, with, with these disabilities in this in this region um i suggest praying for for open doors um i started praying for open doors shortly after i met these people in glassboro and it was years before the doors opened but you know paul miller who um jack's son said that the, one of the most difficult things he finds about spiritual warfare um is that it's boring and I, I think that's pretty insightful you know, there's a need, and you just pray, and you don't give up. You just keep talking to the Lord about it. Um, so I suggest pray that the Lord might might give an open door. Um, pray perhaps specifically for, for a person of peace. Um, I, I don't have a well-developed theology of the person of peace that Jesus refers to. Uh, I'm sure you guys could instruct me about that. But Jesus does say, when you go out to share the gospel, look for a person of peace and stay with him while, as long as you're in the town. And um, 
this this one lady in particular, uh, Chrissy, I, I can't help but think of her as a person of peace. She um, she, she welcomed me, rolled out the red carpet for me to go into two different group homes. The second week I was there, she she gave me a gift of a bowl, and inscribed on the bowl was the verse, "All things are possible to him who believes." Uh, she herself, she's not a member of a church. Um, a lot of the workers in these places, they, they strike me as kind of the good Samaritan types. You, you might wonder about their theology or their affiliation, but there is, there's a kindness and a tenderness toward the, ind the individuals. Now, um, but I, I can't help but think of Chrissy as a person of peace. You know, she invited people from another day program to come and witness what I was doing there in these Bible studies. And they came, they would bring... Uh, several individuals at a time. They live. They, their their day program was maybe half an hour away, and they would bring several at a time, specifically for the Bible study, to scope things out and see if the residents and the staff members approved of the Bible study, so that it could be introduced at their day program. And Chrissy facilitated all that. You know, <laughs> she was the mover and the shaker. You know, she opened the door, rolled out the red carpet. All I had to do was was walk. Um, so I suggest praying for a person of peace um, and, and pray, for, uh, pray for laborers. I've been praying for laborers um, there in, in Gloucester County because uh, I, I really believe that, that specific harvest is very plentiful. And, um, you know, Jill and Paul, they give an annual um, banquet they, that they call a taste of heaven. Um, Jill has a group of people with disabilities that she calls the gang. Um, so it's, it's a little bit west of here that they hold it. And, um, and a point that they make repeatedly at their conference is that you look at the Gospels and Jesus organizes his kingdom and his church around people with disabilities. Um, he, he just does. Um, people that in the Old Testament would have been excluded from the temple um, Jesus cleanses them and he, and he builds his community uh, around them. Um, so, yeah, if, as you consider um, perhaps doing this in Upper Darby, that there's different ways to approach it. I think the first step is always prayer, but you can approach the administration from the top down or if you know someone, that knows an individual on the inside, from my experience, that that could be the, um, if that's an option, that could be a prudent route to take. Um, and uh, I guess a, a, a concluding thought that I think will, uh, will resonate with you is, um, as REF Vanguard men, is that, uh, I don't know that you'll find this in any church growth manual, <laughs> except for except for the Gospel of Luke, Luke 14, where Jesus again as a as a subpoint of the Great Commission, he says. But he says, um, "Go and invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Make a point to do it." So. Um, that's how he builds his kingdom. 
Uh, so I don't know if you have any questions. I don't know if I've run out of time or if I'm these, over time. These homes, they are considered state homes. They're not considered Christian homes, right? Well, I, the homes that I go to, again, I go to three group homes. That's, you know, residences where they live and sleep. Um, and then I go to these day programs. Um, they're all, all the ones that I go to are, are affiliated with the organization called The Ark. Um, so that began as the Association for Retarded Citizens. I think they've dropped the acronym and they just keep the, the term ARC because right. it's more uh, politically correct. Mm -hmm. um, but the ARC is a, pri it is a private organization. It, it started as a partnership between parents and social workers, kind of. Um, now, I think that they do receive federal funds, but it's not a state organization per se. Now, what I heard is that this is my wife and I attended a function, and, and one of the a lady who runs one of the homes shared with my wife that something happened with, their, with the funding of this organization. I don't know if it's at the county level, the state level, um, where it may, somehow it makes it easier for someone sharing the gospel to, to get in because something has been privatized. So it, 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 in terms of funding, there, there's a mix, but I know with the ARC, it is a private organization. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we have a couple of um, clients who live in group homes. And I just didn't know what the, the overarching principles were in the charter state, you know, that kind of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. It can differ from place to place. Yeah. You know, I, I spoke to somebody who runs a home, same county, and she just for all intents and purposes, just shut the door in my face. Well, it was a phone call, but she said, no way. Maybe the house parents or whatever. Right. So, so it could, you know, it, what I've been told is that the overarching policy does allow for this, but then it, it can depend on, on the people in the home or in the day program, whether uh, they give you their... Um, and the government has gotten more yeah. permissive in its... Um, Funding these uh, agencies or whatever you want to call them, that there's um, there's an allowance that it's not a violation of the Constitution to give money to faith-based things. Okay, is that since George That's, W. Yeah, that that kind of it's been growing since then. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. They also changed their source of funding, but um, even yeah. if it's still in the funding, it's still has more flexibility than it would have. Right, right, yeah, yeah. All right, any questions from uh, that side of the